The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. Something that I'm big into and something that is just a non-negotiable for your day is moving. Mm. Moving, movement, exercise. It's the number one way to increase your insulin sensitivity. Now, I kind of put myself at an advantage because I've always loved to exercise. I've always loved sport. I've always loved kind of whatever, running and just being active. So because I enjoy it, it's easier for me to do it consistently. And I fully understand that. I fully appreciate the fact that some people may not like exercise as much as other people do. But there are so many different types of exercise that I can guarantee you there's something that you enjoy. Exercise doesn't have to be going to the gym five or six days a week. It doesn't have to be playing football. It doesn't have to be going out for a run. It could just be going out for a 30-minute walk. Well, I remember in last week's episode with Brendan, and he was talking about how the gyms are closed, the ice was closed, he couldn't play ice hockey, and he said he just kind of tweaked his, his day a little bit, and he went out for a walk after eating. And he says had such a good impact on his uh, diabetic management. Yeah, 100%. It's just a slight bit of movement. Like Brendan said last week, because he's obviously big into his ice hockey and training a lot. So that was a big adjustment for him for the, the ice rinks and stuff to be closed. A simple 15, 20 minute walk can work wonders on your blood sugar. And the great thing about exercise is it has the potential to impact your blood sugar for up to 24 to 36 hours after you exercise. So it's not like if I go out for a run, my blood sugar is only going to be affected for like the hour after my run. My blood sugar and my insulin sensitivity, well, my insulin sensitivity can be increased for a day after that. So if you even get yourself in the routine of exercising like three or four days, or you go for a half an hour walk three or four days a week, something so simple can have such a positive impact on your blood sugar. And I had touched on it before and I said, I can't remember, I think it was with a guest, but I can't remember specifically who it was. But I was saying how 
managing our blood sugar and keeping our A1C down and keeping our time and range where we want it to be doesn't require anything drastic or dramatic. What it boils down to is doing the simple things consistently, Mm. being disciplined with the simple things like going out for a walk or exercising, even if you don't want to. Because I can guarantee you, if you're not in the mood to exercise and you go out and exercise, you're going to feel better afterwards. It's the initial putting on your shoes. Like Sebastian said a few episodes ago, who has climbed Mount Everest. Even he was saying, there are days where the hardest part is just putting on my shoes. Because once you're out there, you feel great. You, you boost your mood and then you come back and your insulin sensitivity is going to be increased. So movement, exercise is so, so important. And on top of that, the fact that it boosts your mood, all the other shit that you have to deal with with diabetes is a lot easier even not specifically related to diabetes, when you're in a good mood, things that might normally frustrate you don't frustrate you as easily. So if you're exercising consistently through the week and your mood is boosted and your endorphins are flying, you just feel good after it. The little things about diabetes won't frustrate you as much. You might not react as emotionally to a high. You might not react as emotionally to a low because you're in a better mood but we we actually go into i can't remember what episodes they are graham but we've gone into obviously much greater detail about different types of exercises and how they will impact your blood sugar in different episodes of the podcast so could be high intensity interval training could be cardio like a running or a walk or a cycle or resistance training weight training and Resistance training and weight training are the number one way to increase your insulin sensitivity. 100%. Those episodes, especially, we kind of kicked off 2021 with those, and they are must listen to. I think when we ask people to kind of send in questions and comments and stuff, a lot of people reference those those specific episodes, and they are 46, 47, and 48. They kind of come as a, a package, the three of them. Definitely worth a listen if you haven't listened to them yet. Let's go from number three of moving more to number four. What do we have as the fourth way to lower your A1C? Number four is eat good food. Right, This one's pretty obvious, but it's one of the most difficult ones, right? Because food, eating food and eating types of food that we enjoy is a great pleasure, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know the types of food that we can eat that don't have a hugely negative impact on our blood sugar. And we also know the foods that will have a negative impact on our blood sugar. And obviously from this podcast and listening to it, it's quite clear that I'm a big believer in the fact that you can do and eat whatever you want with type 1 diabetes. Like you can. When you understand your insulin, when you understand your insulin to carb ratios, when you exercise, all these kind of things, You can do whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that you always should. And it's important that the vast majority of your daily diet consists of quote unquote good food, food that is rich in vitamins and minerals that isn't just crap that's going to 
spike your blood sugar loads or lead to unpredictable delayed spikes. There are 42 confirmed factors that impact our blood sugar. But the number one factor that's going to have the most immediate impact is the food that you eat. Like the food that we eat directly impacts our blood sugar within 10, 15, 20 minutes. So if you're constantly eating random foods at random times and don't understand the food that you're eating, don't carb count correctly and don't understand your insulin ratios or your insulin timing, it's very, very, very difficult to keep your blood sugar in that target range that we all want. So if you try and stick to an 80-20 rule, so let's say 80% of your daily diet consists of good food, like fruits, vegetables, proteins, say fiber-rich carbohydrate that won't have a massively negative impact on your blood sugar, that won't cause those massive spikes and big drops when you're trying to correct them. And then the other 20% can be the foods that you really enjoy. So it could be your chocolates, your crisps, your whatever it is, whatever you enjoy. But even when you're eating the foods that you enjoy, if you can balance them with something else, that can help naturally reduce the spikes that you see. So any meal that you have, if you try and balance it with proteins, carbs, fats, it's completely different to you just eating a bowl of white rice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because if you eat a bowl of white rice that has fats, protein, fiber, the other macronutrients are going to help reduce the impact on your blood sugar. It's an obvious one because we, we're all told from a very, very young age, like, these are foods that are good for you. These are foods that aren't so good for you. I don't like saying there are good and bad foods, but there are foods that have a very different impact on your blood sugar compared to other ones. And then in addition to that, drink more water. That's so important. And I say that, I say that to anybody I work with, I'd say 10 times a day. <laughs> Make sure you're drinking water. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulin Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.